Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Clay at Our Core, the pottery podcast coming to you from the intersection of Montgomery Road and Hudson Street in peace-loving Norwood, Ohio. This is episode 10. I think all potters remember their first teachers fondly because pottery teachers open doors to this marvelous world. Clay seems so simple, yet its infinite variety can be overwhelming. Well, it is to me. I took my first wheel throwing class in September 2018 when Cor Clay was still on Gilbert Avenue in Walnut Hills. I sat down with five other students to listen and watch our teacher, Emily Hobart. It's because of Emily's encouragement that I got hooked on ceramics. I could tell that Emily was a southerner by her gentle, easy way with people, but she has settled into the Queen City like she owns the place. She now is studio manager at Core Clay, as well as the webmaster, ambassador, and friend. She's also an amazing artist. I wanted Emily to tell a little bit about herself and about one of the terrific gallery shows that we're going to be hosting here at Core Clay this month during the annual Potter's Conference we call Ensika. Hi, Emily. It's good to see you this, after- this afternoon. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Anne. How about you? Great. I always like when your hair is braided because that means we're going to work hard today. <laughs> we're ready to do some work. All yeah. right. I love it. So uh, you and I have known each other since I actually first, my very first night stepping into Cork Clay because you were my very first teacher. Uh, the thing I liked most about what you brought to the classroom was how gentle you were. I always felt, because students tend to be very critical of themselves when they sit at the wheel the first time. Absolutely, yeah. They get very, very sensitive, very nervous about what they're creating. And I think oftentimes they they sit down and they approach each piece like it is going to just be a masterpiece perfect. They're going to get it right the first time and then they're going to keep getting it right. And that's not the goal. I always try to insist that's not absolutely not the goal. It's, you know, little lessons with each one and you learn and you grow and you build and slowly you get better and better and like a year down the line you realize I got kind of good at that yes (laughs) but practice really is what it's all about isn't it and I think oftentimes people come to clay as you say and they sit at the wheel and they think they're going to have a 12-piece dinner set when they're finished Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and I think it's hard having the wheel be your introduction into clay you know my first class in college was a hand building class he wouldn't our teacher wouldn't even let us approach the wheel until several weeks into learning ceramics so i i think that it's a tool it's just the power tool you know they're exciting they're fun to look at they make things like (laughs) magically happen right um but i think it's hard for an artist to sit at a wheel and and make something there there's not much creativity happening and you don't quite realize that so much of it is kind of physical brute strength just wrestling against the machine and you don't realize that for the first i don't know five years absolutely yeah i definitely struggled because like i enjoyed hand building it was a great time i um I wish I hadn't gotten away from it so early on in my ceramics path, Mm -hmm. uh, my ceramic journey. Um, Because I got on the wheel and you get very excited and you see what what can be created and that's really cool. 
And so you try to make thin walls, you try to get more height, you try to like connect pieces together, and you don't realize just how, I didn't realize how far I was getting lost in the technical side of things. Right. And that I was just kind of forgetting that I was an artist. This is supposed to be mm. like a creative outlet, not just like, what can I achieve next? Which are like good goals, but I kind of forgot that I was supposed to be creative and expressing like and expressing myself um and communicating it right. just i got a little too wrapped up so um it's easy know, to get that way yeah wonderful tool great thing to learn um you know just don't get too lost in it tell me a little bit about your ceramic journey emily where, did, where were you born i was born in brandon mississippi um which is like right outside of jackson um and I didn't do ceramics. We had a ceramics course in high school, but I was always a drawer. I mm -hmm. liked drawing. Um, I didn't really know what I was gonna do with it. I did a lot of portraits and I, I really enjoyed that aspect, but I went to college for art. I knew I loved it enough that it was something I wanted to continue and my parents were fully supportive. My dad was always very artistic and so That's he good, wanted right? me to continue with it. Um, but I got a couple years in and I was facing a lot of personal struggles um, and figuring out what I wanted my life to look like right. and where I was going. And there was a brief moment where I was like, I'm not going to do art. I'm not going to do art. It's not going to be my degree. I'm going to go find something else to do. And I started looking at other majors and... Um, came screaming back to art. <laughs> and I, I was still taking, I never stopped taking art courses though. Right. Like my semester was already scheduled. I had to like keep taking those classes. Right. So um, I never actually stopped doing art, but I was like, I'm done with this. Like I'm, this isn't gonna be my degree, but I, I was still doing it. So um, I, I think I just kind of gave myself the grace to like bow out of drawing. Like I, I realized I didn't, a future for myself in that I was getting very frustrated with it as well because I felt so trapped on this like two-dimensional space interesting and I was like dabbling in ceramics I had taken like ceramics one and I tried to get into ceramics two and you know when by the time I like figured out okay I'm not leaving art I'm gonna like keep going with this I'm just not gonna do drawing I'm I, I had loaded up on all of my ceramics classes and was just like really enjoying my summer. I'm like, I'm just gonna change my major over to ceramics actually. Okay. So that's what I did. I got my degree in ceramics and I've been continuing ever since. So I'm always interested in people's turning points. Was there a moment in that brief wilderness when you weren't going to be an artist, mm -hmm. when you were like, hmm, I think I'll be an accountant. I think I'll be an airplane pilot. I mean, did you, had you settled on something else? No, <laughs> I was just like not art. I'm gonna like get a I don't know because I was always good at school. I, like I always made really good grades. So sure. I felt like I could do whatever I wanted. I just kind of had to apply myself, but um, never actually got to it. Okay, so uh, so you came, you got out of school, and then, then where did you go? Um, I moved back home for about a year. Um. I didn't really know what was next. 
Um, I had a friend from college reach out and was like, I'm getting studio space downtown in Midtown Jackson. It's a great little artist community there. I'm doing a lot of wonderful work. Um, and I was like, yeah, that sounds great. I'll do, I'll get a studio with you and we'll share, we'll share that. We'll keep creating. And I got a job at like a clothing store and I hated it. And <laughs> of course, but it paid for my studio and I was living at home so I could save up some money. Um, and I just like, eventually I was like, I'm done with the saving up of money. Like <laughs> Christmas was approaching in retail and I was like, I'm not doing that. Right. So I was like, I'm just going to quit this job. I've got some money saved up at this point. Um, and I'm just going to apply myself to, um, applying for residency positions all over. And I did. And it came down to either here or in Cincinnati or Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Wow. <laughs> uh, those were where I was accepted. and Oh, you had two offers. Yes. So what tipped the balance to the Queen City? Um, this one came with an apartment. The other oh, yeah. studio was very much like you're kind of on your own in that regard. Mm. You're going to have to figure that for yourself. Um, I kind of looked at studio culture. There were, you know, they kind of had studio rules listed on their website or something. <laughs> And we all know how good that is, right? Yeah, well, and one of them was like, we're not no politics in the studio, not allowed to talk about that at all. Um, oh. That sounds like a weird rule. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's understandable, but um, well, but you know, art is a reflection of its time, right? How can you? Yeah. I mean, how can you keep the the outside world from coming in? Yeah, absolutely. And it was such like a you know hot topic time. Um, I came here and. 2014 so mm. you know we were just leaving Obama and getting ready for a new election and yep so um, it seemed like a weird yeah a weird time tell me a little bit about if you can remember your uh, first uh, when you like did you drive into Cincinnati did you fly here how did you first get here I drove here I drove here with my mom I, I was driving the U-Haul and she was in my little Honda car behind me and um, got up here yeah and uh, cincinnati has this wonderful sweeping view i was coming up from kentucky to oh cincinnati. my god the cut when the you hill. when you come over that hill it's just all laid out in front of you and i was like wow. yeah i think that's the best urban vista in the united states uh -huh. bar none yeah no it was it was yeah okay so you fell in love first sight yeah, it was just like this big, <laughs> yeah. like Jackson is like the biggest city in like Mississippi and it's nowhere near this size. No. So, yeah. So you came here to Core Clay uh, when Core Clay was still over on, uh, on Gilbert Street and uh, what was your impression the first time you walked in? Um, loud, probably. <laughs> Uh, you know, the street, there was a lot of street noise. It was right off of like Main Strip Road. Um, there were a lot of people. There was a lot of stuff happening. There was a lot of like information being thrown my way. Yes. And it was loud. Yeah, <laughs> a lot from a, for, a, for a girl from a, and Jackson's a, a fairly large city, but it's not as big as Cincinnati. So mm -hmm. I can understand that would be a little intimidating at first. So uh, you kind of dive right in and what does, in, in part of your artist-in-residency means you start, you kind of take on a large share of the teaching role here at Core Clay, right? I do, yeah. Okay. And uh, what did you, did you have a goal when you when you got your residency here? Was there something you wanted to achieve in particular? 
Um, I just wanted to make art and find a way to, to make that happen. I was very aware that after college, a very high percentage of art majors just never touch it again. Right. Um, and I didn't want that to be me. Um, I've worked hard for my degree. I've worked hard to make like a body of work for my thesis and I wanted to continue. Um, and so I just wanted to make art. Uh, I had the vague idea that I wanted to learn how to be a teacher um, for ceramics. I wanted to have that experience for grad school. Um, I kind of had grad school in mind, but it never really happened. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Maybe one day. And one day. Yeah, our teacher in college had always like impressed upon us that going going straight into grad school maybe not the right move for oh. some people um he said that he, he had taken some time to kind of explore his artwork before jumping into um, a master's degree and and that might be beneficial and so i kind of always had that in mind that i wanted to grow a little bit more before i okay. went to grad school maybe appreciate it a little bit more okay that makes a lot of sense so uh so time passes time passes and then uh all of a sudden an opportunity arises to become the studio manager here at Court Clay, right? Mm -hmm. And that happened to coincide with uh, this big thing called the, <laughs> uh, the pandemic. Uh, so uh, yeah. was that right? Is that pr about how that worked out? I mean, pretty much, yeah. Like I had picked up, uh, for a long time, I was just kind of teaching here uh, at Court Clay. I wasn't really putting any more hours than, than what was necessary to teach a few classes throughout the week. Um, and I had just recently picked up a few more hours um, to spend most of my time here at Core Clay. So that was pretty much becoming my, my only job uh, was to be here at Core right before the pandemic. And we had gotten the news that Enseco was coming and it was time to get ready and right. make some decisions. So we bought a building and <laughs> made a bunch of plans right. and then and you know we went from a staff of 14 to two overnight um, it came down to just like Laura had let everybody go we had shut down everyone was supposed to be at home quarantining and um, and so I was like well you need jobs with me <laughs> right <laughs> what do I do now um, and then the next day Laura's like come back <laughs> We're going to do this. You're an essential worker now. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm not doing anything else. So I'm going to go hang out with Laura and see what happens. And, and Laura, of course, is Laura Davis, the owner and founder of Core Clay. Yes. Right. Yes. Laura is the owner. And, right. And so I came back and I was pretty much the only one who did. Um, Liz came back as well. She had just moved here a week before shutdown. Oh. Like we had just gotten her moved in and, and welcomed to Cincinnati and then gone. So Liz came back too. So it was um, me and Laura for like a, a minute there, and then Liz was like, "I'm coming too." So. Right. Okay. And it was kind of tricky because you kind of had to keep the business running because you were an essential provider of ceramic supply, mm -hmm. and that was covered under the business orders. Uh, so what was? I mean, there was nothing to really compare it to, really, to, uh, in running a studio under those conditions absolutely uh I, we didn't know what it was going to look like what this was going to entail um i think it kind of helped that 
you know, a lot of ceramic studios in the area are just, you know, people in their basement or in their home studio and making their own stuff. So, like, they're still working. They still need stuff. Right. So, we were like, okay, there is a, a place where we can still make some money here in this regard. So, it was, I, I just remember the priority being, like, how do we make this contactless? Um, so... I was like, we should build up the website. We should, you know, make it easier to order online. Our website wasn't particularly, like, the go-to place to get in contact with us. Like, you needed to call and like, to get the information you wanted and register for classes. And um, the website was kind of helpful in that way, but, you know, it didn't it wasn't the main function there. It was more informational than actual commerce-driven. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, so maybe if we put in a little more work and effort into the website um, to make it easier to function through the website, um, that might help things. So we, we kind of deconstructed the website, built it back up into something new. Um, and... Did you ever think as you were going through college you would end up having to tear down a business website and build it back <laughs> up again? Uh, they don't train you for that, do they? No, not really. But, you know, I uh, was always good with computers. Okay. Yeah, I always worked on them, like growing up Photoshop and, you know, um, I didn't mind it. My dad is a graphic designer, so he okay. always kind of, you know, I always looked over his shoulder when he was working and okay. I was visiting with him, so... Um, I was a little bit minded towards it, I think, so I didn't, wasn't so far of a reach for me. Okay, that's great. Well, it's a beautiful website, and it's, and you do a really good job of keeping it post, keeping it updated, and people can really do a lot of, do a lot of business with the website, and then just come in and take the class, or however they want to do it, when we, we do a lot of shipping orders, and through the website, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, um... We're in a we're in a time where everyone just wants to go to the website. Talking to a person isn't the first instinct; it's to look them up on Google. Right. Um, so I, I think it's done a lot for us. Yeah, for sure. So speaking of doing a lot for us, we are getting and Sika finally is crawling up on us. We are uh, today's the third of March. It starts the fifteenth, so we are it's breathing down on us. Twelve days out, so uh, we've got. Uh, we've talked to Laura and Sam about the uh, David Alvashar store uh, show in the front in the Mason Gallery front part that's on Montgomery Road. We've talked to Nina Caporal about the uh, undercurrent show that's going to be up here on the uh, second floor of the studio. I wanted to talk to you today, Emily, about the show that's going to be in sort of the big middle room mm -hmm. uh, at here at Court Clay, and we're calling that show. What's the name again? Core Connections. Core Connections. And talk a little bit about what's the concept behind that. Um, the concept behind it is community. I mean, we're a community studio. Um, I started here as an artist and resident, and I think that's kind of what we approached it with in mind with um, when we were envisioning what was going to be in there. And I think we wanted to, we've, we've got this network of people that have come here and been a part of our community and they've taken us with them in their journey and they're on to other things, bigger things. And um, 
you know, I think I just think it was a wonderful opportunity to maybe bring some of them back in and reconnect and ha- give them the opportunity to um, show their work at Inseca, um and and continue their journey, kind of come back and reconnect and then go back to their lives and having just having touched uh, core clay again in their lives mm-hmm. how many artists are going to be in this particular show we don't know yet i'm not too sure about the number yeah it has been fluctuating a little bit more so we've got a couple more people coming in um as we go but we reached out to a bunch of people um and kind of what came back we've got uh jesse reinerth who was in the group right before i got here um, we've got, uh, well, you're in it, obviously, I'm in it, yes. and Laura <laughs> is in it. Think about who <laughs> yes, all who else said yes, right. who's backed out, and who's, um, we've got Jocelyn Coulter, who is, I think, one of the very first residents, um, in the program. Um, we've got, uh, Amy Pellegrino, who was one of our last residents right before the pandemic um has come back uh we've got uh, beth uh, loudenberg will be uh, showing yeah, in there and, right yeah as we kind of went along um we kind of realized that you know our community isn't just artists and residents we've we've got more people who have come together to make this you know a, a ceramic community um, and so we, we started branching out, inviting members. So Beth Loudenberg is going to be showing artwork in there. Um, and then we've also had people who are just really good friends, uh, like have been with us for a long time, who've made us like their point of, of contact for ceramics. They buy their clay from us, buy all their supplies um, from us. So we kind of reached out to people who have always been around on the edges and supporting us and cheering us and we wanted to give them um, the opportunity to come in as well so it really became kind of like a catch-all this is just what makes core clay core clay all the people who have helped us in small ways and big ways and long-term ways um, short-term ways so we just wanted to give a a thank you and invite them to show their work that's great and make this really a um, a community event. Right. It's a community studio. It is. Uh, do we and the, do you know when the show will be running? The, the the dates for the show. The show is going to be pretty much uh, just for Enseca, uh, I believe, the week of Enseca. So that's the thirteenth through the eighteenth. Thirteenth through the eighteenth here in the studio. Yeah. Um, so it'll it'll be running at pretty much the exact same time as all the other shows that are here. Okay, and that's uh, that's a show that you'll be setting up over this weekend, the next few days, getting that all positioned up. That's going to be very exciting. Well, Emily, thank you so much for telling us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about the show coming up in Core Connections. I think it's going to be so much fun to see all these new friends come back again and and to the, the energy that's here in the studio is really a remarkable thing. I. I, I, it feels different in here, don't you think? Uh, it, it feels so <laughs> different. I mean, like, not, not having classes running um, right. is a little bit strange. So it's a little bit quieter. It feels a little bit like a calm before the storm. Right. But, uh, Crazy. 
yeah, I think uh, it's also great kind of electrifying energy that's happening. Can't wait. Can't wait. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, Emily. Appreciate it. I'll see you around the studio. Thank you, Anne. Thanks for having me. Well, it's pouring down rain on peace-loving Norwood on this first Friday of March. And in a few hours, we'll be opening the Big Bailey Gas Kiln for our monthly kiln opening. This was a Cone 5 reduction ahead of the Big Potters Conference this month. I've got a few pots in this batch, and I can't wait to see them. As I've told you, the National Council for Education in Ceramic Arts is holding its annual convention in Cincinnati from March 15 to 18. This is the first time Ensica has been in the Queen City since 1990. 33 years, y'all. We're so glad they're coming back. I can't wait to see the great art and meet the wonderful potters coming in from all around the country. And that leads me to remind you that on the night before the conference officially opens, that'll be March 14th, Core Clay is hosting a storytelling event featuring three true first-person stories about personal journeys to pottery. Our storytellers are Core Clay studio members Noah Desch, Dana Maxstaller, and Carla Thomas. Each story is, of course, unique, but there's a touch of the universal in every one of them. Clay Stories will be at 7 p.m. Tuesday, March 14th at the Brew House, 1047 East McMillan Street in Walnut Hills. No cover, no minimum. Full disclosure, Laura Davis, the owner of Core Clay, and her brother Chris own the Brew House. In the next episode of Clay at Our Core, we're going to talk about the cool stuff popping up all over Cincinnati ahead of Ensica, including the Windows of Ensica show. Tune in next week. Until then, this is Ann Saker. May the kiln gods smile upon you. <laughs>